0: Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer, and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon.
1: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Jason Harmon, and uh, it is deer season. We're in full swing and excited about today, and uh, the the, uh, waterfowl season is in full choke. Or full swing ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, Waterfowl season starts this weekend That's the uh, title of today's show Waterfowl and Full Choke So that was Mr. Jamie Feddersen's idea I liked it and he's our guest today
2: Yeah Hey, how's it going guys? Welcome Doing back good. Jamie Thank you
1: And Mr. Don King is helping me co-host today And I'm glad to have him in studio as well I always learn something here with Jamie For yeah. sure yeah, he keeps me on my toes because waterfowl is not my expertise. I, I'm That's a deer mine. hunter, and uh, I like to turkey hunt, I like to fish, but I don't know a whole lot about ducks, and we're going to learn more about ducks today. There you go. Because Jamie is the expert. But uh, first I want to highlight uh, deer season. Deer season uh, is, like we said, in full swing. Uh, the deer are moving, and uh, folks are having a good time out there, killing a lot of deer. A lot of big deer I've seen, even some on some of our WMAs, some pretty nice deer coming yeah. off those. And so if you get a chance, go visit some of our WMA, some of our public property, and uh, and uh, always check your hunting guide to make sure you got the right regulations and bag limits and all that kind of stuff. But uh, through January 6th, the season will run, and uh, I was looking at the weather for this weekend. Saturday is going to be kind of wet and rainy and thunderstorms, but high around 70, and uh, Sunday, partly cloudy, high around 65. So wow. Sunday might be a better day as far as the weather's concerned, but... Um, it's going to be a little wet this weekend, but hopefully y'all can get out there and still have some fun chasing some deer. Yeah. Um, also, want to remind everybody about the CWD restrictions. Uh, that's still in place, and uh, be thinking about that. That's on page 30 of our hunting guide. TNWildlife.org has the latest edition of the hunting guide out there. Um but uh, there's been a few deer that's been confiscated, people uh, not following those import restrictions, and their deer are being taken. And, and
0: uh, Yeah, if they hunt anywhere out of state, I mean, just a mile across the line or, or a little ways across the line, and bringing that big deer back is not, not the right thing to do, unless you get it processed and, right.
1: um, you know, abide by the restrictions. Follow those restrictions. Page 30, there's uh, five main points right there, and, and if you follow those, you'll be okay. Yeah, Uh, so just keep that in mind we don't want CWD in Tennessee we're CWD free right now as far as we know and uh, uh, there's a few states around us Mississippi being one that's had another confirmed case and uh, I think they've got three total so far but we want to keep uh, keep those deer out of Tennessee doing our best to keep it out and uh, and so so spread the
0: word among your friends and all because you know we've, we've tried to do our best to get Get the word out here through this program and, and uh, any other piece of information we put out. Uh, try to remind hunters, but uh, sometimes it just kind of falls through the cracks.
1: So so share right. that with your friends, too. I want to say uh, thank you all for watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Facebook today, and also listening on the radio. We appreciate y'all tuning in there. Uh, but uh, welcome in, and we're going to talk about waterfowl today. All right. Uh, Jamie, uh, season's... Start this weekend, right, December first.
2: Well, yeah, that's going to be the uh, opening of the second phase. So the, the season already opened up uh, this past weekend, right? Um, you know, we we have that traditional um, two days after Thanksgiving, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's we call it our phase one. But phase two, yeah, starts this Saturday and it goes through uh, the last Sunday in January, which is January twenty
1: seventh. Okay, so that's, this is the longer season, a few more days yeah. to get out there, right. and um, it's going to be uh, a little wet and rainy. But I think. Waterfowl hunters like that, right? Yeah,
2: I, you know, you, you were saying uh, it sounds like it's not going to be a great day to go hunting, and that sounds like a perfect day to go hunting for ducks. Uh, <laughs> the temperature's a little bit high if it's going to be in the 70s. Yeah. It's, you know, like a little bit cooler than that, and ducks move around a lot more. But, yeah, well, spittle and rain, and, and, you know, that that's good. Uh-huh. That's
1: good duck hunting weather to me. And all species are up
2: for grabs? Yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't think that we – we don't have any closures on any any of the species in in – in the Mississippi Flyway, so we're good on that. Okay, yeah. all right.
1: Um, and then let's mention this, too. There's a special youth waterfowl hunt uh, later in the year, and that's uh, February 2nd through Feb- and, and February 9th, so yeah. two days there. Correct,
2: yeah, so the first two... The first two Saturdays in February, so that's usually when we have our our youth hunt days, and those are great opportunity to bring the kids out and give them the experience. But, you know, don't wait for those two days. Take those kids out. You've got, you know, another 58 days of hunting Uh that those kids can go out and go. So Mm -hmm. bring them along with you.
1: Um, And then also goose seasons are are, um – are open as well. They run through, a lot of them run through February 10th.
2: Yeah, I think we uh, last year we did some reconfiguration of our goose seasons to get them all to align, uh, starting on the same day and ending on the same day. So uh, I I think the only one that maybe – comes up a little bit short is white fronted goose, I think. Okay. Um, I don't have the guide in front of me, I don't quite remember, but uh
1: looks like white fronted is December first through February tenth. Oh okay, yeah. Yep. Sorry.
2: So we did we were able to get that to a line. I think uh it was yeah, I guess it, maybe it was some of the earlier days that we couldn't get them on yeah. to a line. So and page then, Yeah that's so. page
1: twenty
2: two and twenty three of the hunting guide T Wildlife yeah, so we've got all the Go geese check it out. all the geese lined up with a completely overlap waterfowl season and they all end together on February tenth. Or that's what we said, right? Yeah.
1: Yep, yep, February tenth. Um, so, and you wanted to mention uh, also the sandhill crane season.
2: Yeah, sandhill crane season. Um, we've been, oh, golly, I think it might be our sixth year going into this, seventh year maybe. I've, I've lost track. It's mm-hmm. been, it's an institution now. So, um, uh, overlaps with the second phase of waterfowl season, December first through January twenty seventh. Um, we've still got. Uh, our Southeast Crane Zone. Um, we issued tags for folks to hunt in those areas. Uh, back in August, we had a hand draw over in, um, uh, over at uh, Miggs County, oh no, it was Ray County High School. Ray, yeah. Yeah, it was Ray, Ray County, County High, School. High School. Issued out a lot of tags. We issued more tags this year than we had been able to in the past. Um, those folks got three tags apiece. can harvest three cranes throughout the season. Um, then we did our computer draw uh, at the end of September folks that were issued t- tags during the computer draw, they they each got two tags, which is one more than they got last year. Uh-huh. So less people were issued tags, but, you know, what we heard from public input was, hey, look, one tag is great, but two tags would be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, we we thought that that was a good idea. Uh-huh. Lots of people, um, you know, when you're out there, it's, it's a lot of effort to get out there and harvest a crane, so uh, a little bit of a reward for those folks that are um, putting in the effort, yeah. getting, get, getting that extra crane. Those tags are good anywhere in the state, including the crane zone. Um, Something different that we've got this year, in the past, we've provided um, a mail-back check-in card. So each tag that was issued had a corresponding mail-in check-in card. They'd fill it out, send it in to us. Um, That was getting pretty costly, time-consuming on Uh our end, putting in that that data. So we've uh, worked with our licensing and permitting folks. And uh, we've got... uh, online check-in for Sandhill Cranes now. So basically, you, you can really check in a crane any other... Any way that you can check in a deer, you should be able to check in your crane. Okay. Uh, that includes going to an actual physical check station if you need to. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's or, how... That, or through the app. Yeah, through the app, um, through the real system online. Uh, however, any way that you can check in a deer, you should be able to check in your crane. And we really are... That's what we need people to do, check uh-huh. in your cranes that way. Um, of course, we've also... Uh, are required by federal law to do some post-season surveys, Uh uh, get information from folks about how they hunted uh, cranes and things. So we've always had a mail-back survey. We didn't provide that to the um, statewide uh, computer-drawn folks. Uh, There should be, when they go to check in their crane, there should be an option to fill in their postseason survey online. Uh So that's how we would like... And, you know, we urge those other folks that have... Oh, I was going to say, I wanted to urge the folks that got their tags to hand-draw to do it that way, but I just remembered that the system isn't set up to take those folks. So they've got their mail-back surveys. They Mm -hmm. need to mail their surveys back to us. We're hoping to get that resolved for next year so that everybody... Checks in their cranes online and everybody checks in uh, or does their surveys online. We kind of want to go to a completely automated system on that. Okay. You know, save us a lot of money and a lot of time on that. So stay tuned. That should happen. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Also on the Sandhill cranes. You know, make sure you, you you know your target before you shoot. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of birds yeah. may resemble a crane, and you might get them confused. But we uh, we know you hunters out there know yeah. what you're what you're shooting at. But you have to make take that test, right? Yep. yep. There's a crane identification test that you have to take on our website, uh, tmwildlife.org, and pass that before we can you can get out there and hunt. Yeah. That's Even correct. though you got drawn, you got to pass that test first.
2: Yeah, that's uh, you put that test number on your tag, and that's what validates your tag.
1: Uh, so make sure you identify and identify what you're shooting, and uh, there are a few protected birds out there that we don't want you shooting at. Yep. And, and the
0: interest in this has only gone up. Yeah, from really. The beginning has. hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it absolutely. Has. It's amazing how uh, I mean that first handheld draw was was at Birchwood School. Mm-hmm and, and like you said, had to, go, had to move it to a bigger venue. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, uh,
2: I wasn't around for the first one, but um, my understanding is that they didn't even issue all the tags that first year. So, um, yeah, it's definitely grown. Now we've got it to a point where we're sorry, but we've got to turn people away, uh-huh. and, you know, folks are entering that statewide draw, and people aren't getting – I didn't get my crane tags this year. <laughs> I was one of the ones that didn't get it. So, um, yeah, uh, it's – the popularity of crane hunting is – is 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 really skyrocketing yeah
1: that's up, yeah. yeah um we've got a few more things we want to hit on as far as ducks but let's remind everybody license types you need that type 001 the 05 which is your waterfowl permit and then you will need a migratory bird and a federal duck stamp so make sure you uh, have all your certain your different licenses you need to uh to hunt Uh, all those waterfowl species yeah hey
2: let me throw something in there on that too that uh that migratory bird permit now it's not required you know if you're a lifetime license holder it's not required of you but boy we would really like it if you folks um participated and got that because that really gives us some good information about who's really hunting in tennessee um you know, that, that migratory bird permit, we really, really rely on that to find out how many people are actually hunting ducks. And there's a lot of people that we miss by, you know, those lifetime license holders, not filling that out. So it's not required of you, but boy, I would really encourage you. And basically to, to what that is, is a survey, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's just, it's a really, that, that's really all it is. It's a, it's uh a few uh, quick questions. They ask you you know, if you hunted ducks last year and how many you got, and if you hunted doves or if you hunted snipes. So there's, right. there's just a couple of questions, really, that you're asking. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just great information for us to have to, to, to really get a handle on how many hunters we have for some of these migratory bird species. Yeah. With those lifetime license holders, that puts a bit of a question mark or an asterisk on you know, when we say this is how many duck, duck hunters we have in the state, we have to put an asterisk next to it because we're we're missing a, a segment of our of uh-huh. our of our hunters that we just don't know whether or not they're they're hunting ducks or not. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah, i would just encourage it'd be great if you could do that. So okay, thanks to everybody if you do that.
1: So, uh, folks that are going to be out there this weekend, remind uh, let's remind them about some of the the we may, it may run into some of our folks won't take samples.
2: Yeah. So uh, the the Fish and Wildlife Service uh, they've uh, they started doing a, a survey last year. It's a genetic survey on black ducks. Um they're uh, they've got some questions about where um where these du- where these black ducks are being derived. So basically where are they hatched out of. And they can use uh this process called uh stable isotope analysis that they can they can determine through certain things within their DNA well um and I'm probably saying this wrong because I, I don't know the. I'm not completely familiar with the process. But basically, it's a genetic test to find out, you know, like like with the ancestry DNA or something. Like you can figure right. out where these birds came from, if they're Canadian origin or if they're you know hmm. American, United States origin. Um, they just a lot of what they've been doing. What they did last year was they. Um, they used wings from what we the wing beat. So there's a certain segment of the hunting population that actually will mail in wings to the Fish and Wildlife Service every year, and that's uh, part of that information is used to um, determine age and sex ratios in the harvest. You know how many how many juveniles were killed, how many females were killed. Mm-hmm. But so they didn't get enough wings from the Mississippi flyway black duck harvest Um, just not enough folks are harvesting black ducks that are participating in this program (laughs) so the fish and wildlife service asked us hey can you guys get out there and try to collect some additional black duck wings at check stations or boat ramps or whatever so we put the call out we're probably going to have some uh fish and wild or uh, TWA staff out at boat ramps common duck hunting areas mm-hmm. and just going to ask if they can clip a wing off of your black duck so if you're not planning on having your black duck mounted p- please I, I'd, I'd encourage you to allow uh one of our staff members to clip that wing so that we can send it into the fish and wildlife service and they can use that as part of this genetic study so it's uh really the the, the study is um some of the population surveys that they're getting in Canada don't really jive with what's happening in the United States. And so there's some question and that's why they need to determine the origin of where these birds come from because Uh maybe they're being double counted or maybe they're not being counted the right way. So it's important stuff and it's really going to help out with uh, black duck management. So um, yeah, if you you could spare the wing off of your harvested (laughs) black duck, we'd really appreciate it. Do a lot of people get those mounted, do you think? It just depends on the first shape. first bird the, or something, maybe. That, or. It it depends on the shape that the bird is in, you uh-huh. know. So, you know, i it, it it really just depends on the person. And yeah. I would say probably ninety nine out of a hundred birds that we're going to come across, you know, people aren't going to have them mounted. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right.
1: Well, uh, let's move into uh, the uh, the option to extend this uh, this season setting mm-hmm. or the. Yeah, dates of the season.
2: Yeah, so this is a this is going to be a big thing uh, for us uh, over the next couple of months. Um, the way um, the way duck seasons are set, um, the Fish and Wildlife Service, of course, they're the they're the ultimate um, managers of migratory birds. Uh, they're the ones that set out the rules for how states can set the the season. Their duck seasons or their hunting seasons for migratory birds. And um, the framework, the, so they they set out this this document that has frameworks of how you can how states can set their seasons. And for the longest time, it's been a really long time. The closing date, the last day that you could have the state could have a duck season, was the last Sunday in January. And so sometimes that might be January twenty third, twenty fourth. Sometimes it's actually January thirty first. Well, this well, year it's the 27th. This year is the 27th. Um, so I think next year it might actually be the 31st. I'm not quite familiar. I, but anyway, um, so what we hear in Tennessee, mid, these mid-latitude states and south, um, hunters want to hunt as late as possible because, you know, birds come back Yeah, later. they're still there, yeah. And so... If we have the opportunity to hunt until the last day of January, I mean that's what people want. I mean, they, they, you're not really getting seven more days; you're just getting your your days shifted a little. bit. Because you're only allowed sixty, right? Right. You're, we're only allowed sixty days, and so, uh, but if we can hunt as late as possible, that's what people want. Well, this this year, well, it won't happen for this season, but. For the nineteen, 20, the twenty nineteen and twenty twenty season, we ha- we will have the opportunity to set the seasons at January thirty first to end on the thirty first, mm-hmm. and we th- we're pretty certain that's going to happen from here on out. So, well into the future, yeah, huh. that places a lot of complication on me as the statewide waterfowl uh, coordinator. How do I set that season because? January 31st doesn't always end on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's not always – it could be a a Wednesday. It could be a Thursday, Tuesday, whatever. And so you start thinking, do you want to end the season in the middle of the week? And the way we have our season set, you know, we we have our two days after Thanksgiving, and then we have another 58 days to play with. Well, the way we've got our 58 days set up right now, it works out perfect. If you go to the last Sunday in January – and count back 58 days, that's always the first Saturday in September. Uh I mean, December. Uh So you're always starting on a Saturday, you're always always starting on a weekend, you're always ending on a weekend, and so that's good for a lot of people. Well, if you end on a Wednesday and you count back 58 days... Starting in the middle of the week Yeah, you're starting on December 5th. It'll always be December 5th. Okay, yeah. And December 5th could be a Wednesday Uh or a Thursday. So then you start thinking, well, is that what people want? Do people, do people are they okay with starting in the middle
1: of? the It week? might take one of their weekends or something too. It so. could,
2: it, and and if you do, if you look at the calendar and you start counting days and looking at it that way, in I think it's like five out of eight years, you actually lose an entire weekend of hunting. So mm-hmm. for some people, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't hunt during the week, and all they get is the weekends to hunt. So uh-huh. so there's a lot of there's a lot of things to think about. You know, they're look a, a d- hardcore die-hard duck hunter who's going to hunt 50-plus days out of the year, they don't care. They probably don't care if it starts on a Wednesday and ends on a Wednesday. They're going to be out there. right? right. Guides, they're going to be out there no matter what. And it might impact them a little bit because they probably get more business on the weekends, and if they lose a weekend, that might, you know, financially that could impact them. So there's a lot going on there as to how we want to set up the season. You know, we want to go as late as possible, but where you place all those other days do you start on a Saturday? Uh-huh. The, there's there's a lot out there. So I wish I had it for you now, <laughs> but I'm trying to get a survey set up online that, you know, we, we want folks to tell us, how do you want us to set our duck seasons? What's mm-hmm. the best for you? Um, it's not... It's not ready to go yet, or I would give you the website to go to. But right. It, it's I just don't have it. It's not there yet. So within the within a couple of weeks, I wanna get that going. I wanna get it up there. But I wanna get people thinking about it now. Sure. And realize and, and we'll do our best to to get that word out through social media, news releases or whatever, put it on our website. We yep. we just we need as much input as possible to 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 try to make the, the best decision, the best recommendation for a season that is acceptable to the most hunters. Right. You know, we I know we're not going to get agreement from everybody. I just know it because I've already talked with a dozen people and I've gotten A dozen answers. (laughs) Pretty much (laughs) I've gotten like six different answers of how to set it up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh it but we need to figure out what's going to work out best for the most hunters. And in order to do that, we need to get as many hunters Telling us how they want us to set right. the season. Okay. You know what would be the best for them.
1: Well, more to come on that. More. Yeah. Um, we'll have, uh, like I said, surveys and information on social media, on news releases. We'll get the information out to you so you can uh, provide us some input. Yeah. So, how about some of this? Q
0: All. Get your questions answered. and All little Q and A. Yeah. This yeah. is
1: our one of our new segments, Q and A, and then uh, Don's uh, talk to Claire up front at yeah, the front yeah. desk, and she's got some Claire's, questions. Today. Claire's
0: been fielding some calls coming in, uh, having to do with uh, checking in your deer. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of folks are using the app out there, and that's great. Using it out in the field, you can check it in actually before you even, you know, get it back to the truck. In some cases, if you got service out there, most people do. Um, anyway, the the little difficulty comes when you're hunting with your uh, say a son or daughter or or a, a friend, and you you pull out your smartphone. And you say, "Oh, well, I'll just check it in for you." Well, it sounds like a good plan, and that is a good plan. Yeah. But you got to be sure that you log out of your account first before you do that, and log in with. Uh, your friends or your your sons or daughters' um, right. uh, ID,
1: and well, you're not checking in two bucks in one day, or <laughs> exactly,
0: yeah. That that c- it gets complicated, and you know, people just don't think about it. Sometimes you think, oh yeah, I'll just do it right here. Well, yeah, then it, it's you have to call in and sort it all out, and it, it gets like I said, complicated. So anyway, just a heads up on that. Make sure you do log out before you uh, check in someone else's. Uh,
1: uh, game, you know deer so yeah so anyway another question i think probably coming in quite a bit is uh the Sand Hill crane festival when is that i don't know if we mentioned that earlier but sandhill crane festival is uh january 18th through the 20th and the season shuts down the Sand Hill crane season shuts down during those times yeah, for only, that southeast zone right right
2: only for that southeast zone it yeah yep
1: so they'll close there so people can enjoy the birds and and watch them they're always there at hiawassee refuge they fly in every year and and are awesome to watch. Yeah, and really Mimi are. Barnes, our uh, uh, information lady in uh, Region Three, or she's always making sure that festival goes off without a hitch. And that's right. And that'll be at the Birchwood School again, uh, on the home base for it.
0: You can you can uh, go there, park, and ride the shuttle out to the High Refuge. Refuge. Uh, there's uh, you know a lot of gear out there. You can you can take a look through some lenses and and uh, scopes and and uh, really really take that in and it's a great thing to take the kids to the whole family and they serve food at the birchwood school it's always good i can vouch for that yeah and i can too <laughs> <laughs> but, and uh yeah. and my band will be playing there too uh always a good time not that that's a good a big draw but uh anyway a little little entertainment there while you're uh, waiting on the raptor show or something. Are you speaking again I this am, year, yeah,
2: Jamie? Yeah, I, I sure am. I was going to throw that in there. And uh, good. Yeah. So last year, it's uh, it was interesting. Mimi asked me to to come and speak about um, migration and birds and stuff. And uh-huh. in my presentation, I thought I was doing a good job, and um, all of a sudden, I see the the raptor ladies were starting to bring out the eagles and the hawks and stuff, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess that's my cue. I I got to quit. So like the whole uh, the last portion of my talk, which was about you know cranes showing up at Hiawassee and cranes in Tennessee. The nuts like, and bolts. Right, like probably was. what everybody really wanted to hear, they didn't get to hear. So <laughs> Mimi asked me to come back, and I said, well, how about this? Why don't I give the, that end of the presentation that I didn't give, which is what people really wanted to hear about is cranes coming to Tennessee, migrating, you know, migrating cranes into Tennessee. Start so, there this yeah, time. That's yeah, that's where I'm going to start. And
0: so. the, and the raptor show is always a big uh, draw yeah, too. Huge, so yeah. Being on right before the raptor show is the place you need to be.
2: So that's good. Yeah, good placement. Yeah. I was, for your I talk. was, I was, I was really surprised. Like, wow, there's a lot of people that really want to hear about migration. <laughs> and then it wasn't until after I was like, oh, I get it now. It, <laughs> it wasn't. Was, it really wasn't me. A good seat for the or for maybe the raptor show. maybe I was the draw for the you know the for raptor. The, the raptor. Yeah, the raptor yeah raptor got some, the, Two
1: great segments. We got to get there on time. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, hey, and another thing, too, we're going to try to do a show out at Hawassi uh, Refuge. Yeah. Um, I think that's a week before or maybe a couple of weeks before the festival. So hopefully we'll see some birds and, and be able to do a show show right there at the at the viewing tower. So I uh, thought that would be pretty cool. I'm I'm thinking that'll be good time. You know, yeah. So Miss Mimi Barnes up. will be our co-host on that one. And I think we're going to try to have David Haney as a guest uh He's our bird guy upstairs, uh, our, our ornitholo- or ornithologist, I guess you could yeah, call him. Yeah, there you or, go. Good, uh, watchable wildlife guy. So uh, uh, he'll um, he'll have some information for us on uh, on sandhill cranes and other bird species to go look at. So uh, that should be fun. So tune in to Tennessee Wildcast. We're here every week, uh, and. Uh, Make sure you listen on the radio or watch on Facebook, YouTube, TWRA TV. We're out there in all kinds of places. We appreciate our radio listeners for sure. and uh, uh, Keep tuning in week to week and, and uh, checking out the Wildcast Extra as well. Yep, Wildcast Extra on the radio and uh, and uh, all kinds of information out there for you, the sportsman, the wildlife watcher, uh, just to keep you all informed, keep you all up to date on what we're doing here at Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. So. Thanks, you, Jamie.
2: Yeah, hey, thanks, guys. Thank
1: you, Don. You betcha. And we'll see you all next time right here on Tennessee Wildcast.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.